Hello and thank you very much for tuning in to chapter 11 of volume 3 of Monster the Clubhouse. This is the tale of the 86 New York Mets. So it's, I suppose, less of a controversy and more of a commentary on professional sports, baseball in America in the 80s and potentially some of the reasons as to why I got some of the characters I did across season one and season two. The New York Mets are a major league baseball team based in New York City, in the borough of Queens. The Mets compete in the Major League Baseball as a member of the National League East Division and are one of two major league clubs based in New York City, the other obviously being the Yankees. The Mets were founded in 1962 to replace New York's departed teams, the Brooklyn Dodgers, now the LA Dodgers, and the New York Giants, now the San Francisco Giants. The team's colours, obviously blue to represent the Dodgers, and orange to represent the Giants. For the 1962 and 1963 season, the Mets played home games at the Polo Grounds in Manhattan before moving to Queens. From 1964 to 2008, the Mets played the home games at Shea Stadium, named after William Shea, the founder of the Continental League, which was a proposed third major league, the announcement of which prompted their admission as an NL expansion team. Since 2009, the Mets have obviously played the home games at the much more modern City Field next to the site where Shea Stadium once stood. And for a large portion of the Mets' time in the league, they were a bit of a joke side. Um, in their inaugural season, they posted a record of 40 wins and 120 losses, the worst regular season since Major League Baseball went to 162 game schedule. The team never finished better than second to last in the 1960s until a side known as the Miracle Bet Mets. They beat the Baltimore Orioles in the 1969 World Series and it's largely considered one of the biggest upsets in World Series history. The Mets have qualified for the postseason nine times and they've won two World Series, 1969 and the one I'm going to pay particular attention to, 1986. So, as previously stated, after the 1957 season, the Dodgers and the Giants relocated from New York to California to become the LA Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants. This left the largest city in the United States with no National League franchise. The Yankees, of course, play in the American League. With the threat of a New York team joining a third league, the National League expanded by adding the New York Mets following a proposal from William Shea. The nickname Mets was adopted. It was a natural shorthand to the club's corporate name, the New York Metropolitan Baseball Club Incorporated. It harkened back to the Metropolitans as well, which was a New York team in the American Association from 1880 to about 1887. And its brevity was advantageous for newspaper headlines. So I've also kind of discussed that their, their introduction to the league was was pretty poor. Obviously, they, they posted the worst record um, in their inaugural season. Famously, also in 1966, the Mets bypassed future Hall of Famer Reggie Jackson in the draft, instead selecting a player called Steve Chilcott, who never played in the majors. 
The following year, however, they did acquire future Hall of Famer Tom Seaver in the lottery. Seaver was a colossal part of the 1969 Miracle Mets to win the National League um, and then obviously go on to beat the heavily favoured Baltimore Orioles in the 1969 World Series. And the 70s were largely kind of followed the same boat. Um, in 1973, the Mets rallied from fifth place to win the division, despite a record of only 82 and 79, and they shocked the heavily favoured Cincinnati Reds in the NLCS game and pushed the defending World Series Series champions, the Oakland Athletics, to a seven-game but lost the series. Notably, 1973 was the only NL East title between 1970 and 1980 that wasn't won by either the Philadelphia Phillies or the Pittsburgh Pirates. Star pitcher Tim Seaver, or Tom Seaver rather, was traded in 1977, just a little over 10 years after he was drafted, on a day that was known as the Midnight Massacre. So he kind of traded last minute, trade deadline, and they lost the trade, and as a result, the Mets fell into last place for several years. This kind of was pretty much the, the status quo until the mid-80s, the Mets were the joke of the league until the drafting of two very significant figures in that 1986 um, side. First off, we'll discuss Daryl Strawberry. So, so Strawberry was born to Henry and Ruby Strawberry in LA, California in March of 1962. He played high school baseball for Crenshaw High School Cougars along with Chris Brown and Daryl's older brother, Michael Strawberry. Strawberry was drafted first overall in the 1980 Major League Baseball draft by the New York Mets, with his older brother, Michael, also selected in that draft, going to the Dodgers in the 31st round. After a significant number of years in AAA and AA baseball, he finally made the starting lineup for the Mets, and from 1984 to about 1990, he formed kind of one of the premier teams in the, in the National League finishing either first or second in the division every year. He, um, like throughout his career, he's one of the most feared sluggers in the sport and known for his like prodigious home runs and his intimidating presence in the batter's box. Throughout this period, though, however, he was also known for his disruptive behaviour. He got into a physical altercation on a team picture day with team captain Key Hernandez and in the midst of a war of words with infielder Wally Backman, he threatened to bust that little redneck in the face. He often overslept and was late or missed team workouts and he publicly complained about manager Davey Johnson after he was removed from the game in a double switch during the ninth inning of game six in 1986. However, for all the trouble he brought with him, Daryl Strawberry was a key player in making the Mets one of the more dominant sides in the Major League Baseball at the time. The second and arguably more crucial player to be drafted to the Mets was Dwight Gooden, just two years after Daryl Strawberry. So, a native of Tampa, Florida, Dwight Gooden was drafted in the first round in 1982. He was the fifth player taken overall, and he spent one season in the minors, in which he led the Class A Carolina League in wins, strikeouts, and ERA while playing for the Lynchburg Mets. Gooden had 300 strikeouts in 191 innings, 
a performance which convinced AAA Tidewater Tides manager and future Mets manager Davey Johnson to bring him up for the Tides postseason. Gooden made his Major League debut on April 7th, 1984 with the New York Mets at the age of just 19. He quickly developed a reputation with his 98 miles per hour fastball and sweeping curveball. He was also dubbed Dr. K by the Mets faithful in reference to the letter K being the standard abbreviation for strikeout. And this was soon shortened to Doc. And when he took the mound in the fifth inning on July 10th, 1984, Gooden became the youngest player ever to appear in an All-Star game. He complimented his this distinction by striking out the side AL batters Lance Parrish, Chet Lemon and Alvin Davis. As a 19-year-old rookie, Gooden set the then Major League record for strikeouts per nine innings with 11.39, breaking Sam McDowell's record of 10.71 in 1965. He was voted the Rookie of the Year and this gave the Mets two consecutive winners of that award. Darrell Strawberry had been the recipient in 1983. Gooden also became the third Mets pitcher to win the award, joining Tom Seaver, 1967, and John Matlack, 1972. Gooden finished second in the end in the National League Cy Young Award voting, even though he had more National League wins, strikeouts, innings pitched, and a lower ERA than the NRL, NL winner, Rick Sutcliffe. And on the back of this, in 1985, Gooden pitched one of the most statistically dominating single seasons in baseball history, leading Major League Baseball with 24 wins, 268 strikeouts, and 1.53 ARA, the second lowest in the live ball era, trailing only Bob Gibson's 1.12 in 1968. Gooden earned the Major League's pitching triple crown. He led the National League in complete games, 16, and innings pitched, 276 2,762. From his second start onward, Gooden's ERA never rose above two. At the age of 20, he was the young, youngest pitcher of the last half century to have an ERA above 200. Gooden's ERA was 229. 23-year-old Dan Chance in 1964 was the only pitcher under the age of 25 to do so and in 1985 while Gooden was exemplary and Strawberry was fantastic they ultimately fell short but in 1986 things were about to change the New York Mets finished the regular season with a franchise best record of 108 wins and 54 losses they won the National League East Division by 21 plus games over divisional rival Philadelphia Phillies. They then won a tightly contested 1986 National League Championship Series against the Houston Astros, four games to two, clinching the series with a 7-6, 16-inning win in game six. In perhaps an ode to the Wild Wild Mets, on July 19th, Mets infielder Tim Tufel and pitchers Rick Aguilera, Bobby Ojeda and Ron Darling were arrested after fighting with a policeman outside of Baron Houston. Just three days later, the Mets played a game in Cincinnati that saw Ray Knight, Darrell Strawberry and Kevin Mitchell get ejected, forcing star catcher Gary Carter to play third base. 
on the Mets to play a pitcher in the outfield. With lefty Jesse Orozco and right-hander Roger McDowell alternating between the pitcher's mound and the outfield as needed. Despite all this adversity, the Mets won the game 6-3 in 14 innings on a three-run homer by Howard Johnson. Their rivals for the World Series were the Boston Red Sox. Boston went 95-66 and 66 during the season, winning the American League East Division by five games over their biggest nemesis, the New York Yankees. The gritty play of eventual ALCS MVP, Matty Barrett and Rich Jedman, clutch hitting from veterans Jim Rice, Wade Boggs, Don Baylor, Dwight Evans and Dave Henderson, and quality starting pitching, especially from 1986, American League MVP and Cy Young Award winner Roger Clemens, Bruce Heist and Oil Can Boyd pushed the Red Sox to the Reds to the World Series. The team's defining moment occurred in Game 5 of the 1986 American League Championship Series against the California Angels, with the Angels leading three games to one in the best of seven series and their top reliever, Donnie Moore, on the mound. The Sox needed a last-out miracle home run from Henderson to survive Game 5. They later loaded the bases and got the go-ahead run on a sacrifice fly from Henderson off Moore in the 11th. The Angels never recovered from the blow and with Boston capitalising on some defensive miscues by the Angels and clutch performances by some of their big names, such as Rice and Clemens, the Red Sox clinched the pennant with the seven-game series win. The World Series between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Mets was an absolute abysmal World Series by all accounts. But with the series tied 3-3 after the end of Game 6, a rainstorm passed over the New York metropolitan area. The field at Shea Stadium was inundated with water and thus Major League Baseball was forced to reschedule Game 7 for the next night, October 27th. In the bottom of the 8th, the Mets were finally able to put the game away at the expense of Game 4 loser Al Nipper. Strawberry led the fi- led the inning off with a solo home run, and Knight singled and advanced to a second on a ground out by Dykstra. Santana was intentionally walked to get the pitch to the pitcher spot, but Orozco not only came to bat but also managed to drive Knight in as he swung away on a fake bunt attempt to extend the lead back to three. Steve Crawford then came in to face Wilson and hit him loading the bases. Backman then grounded into a force retiring Santana and Hernandez grounded out and ended the inning. Staked to an 8-5 lead, Orozco faced Ed Romero who took over at shortstop for Owen in the 8th. To start the top of the ninth and retired him on a foul pop. Boggs then grounded out to Backman at 2nd, leaving Barrett as the last hope for the Red Sox. Orozco worked a 2-2 count before getting Barrett to swing and miss. He then tossed his glove high into the air and dropped to his knees as the Mets all converged on the mound to celebrate the World Championship victory. So it was like, pretty much was an uneventful, poor watch World Series. We didn't delve too much into it. Um, But it was the Mets' second World Championship and 
things look bright. They had a young roster in Strawberry and Gooden. However, the events that transpired after the World Series put that all to bed. So I'm going to park the story here. Thanks for sticking with it because it is quite um, baseball heavy, which I know is not um, extremely popular sport in this country. But look, um, I'll be back on Thursday with part two of the 86 Mets.